0: And welcome to Nerdstalker. I am Adolfo Feronda at Nerdstalker at Aferonda on Twitter, with my co-host and good buddy
1: Greg Glory, aka Social Greg, on Twitter for the Nerdstalker media network. Hey, buddy! Uh, glad to get on again. Uh.
0: Yeah, totally. This is like my new rig too. For I know you people can't see, and for you people listening, uh, I'm on my new MacBook Pro here, uh, fully dongled out. So I have all these. USB dongles for the Rode microphone and for my Logitech webcam, HD Sys lens webcam. So let's see how this goes, eh?
1: Yeah, sounds good. I uh, readjusted my mic to more in front of me. It was a little bit hollow, I thought, the last time. So using the Samsung Go Go Mic Connect again, and uh, I'm going to probably be... uh, no oh, cool. Ending, uh, ending my series with that now, and then I'm going to go on to this uh, new thing I'm going to talk about in a little bit.
0: So I went to a really cool event. I'll start off and talk about that. Um, yeah. Something called the Command D conference. I don't know. Um, I've never really been one to think much about automation in mm. terms of like just my computer usage or or my workflow. I've I've thought about like productivity kind of stuff, and this is one of those. Like things that I've just been woefully lacking and, and sort of ignoring sort of the ostrich with the head in the sand for a long time. Um, but for whatever reasons, I was listening. I, I'm a big fan of the Mac Power Users podcast. It's a wonderful podcast by um, Katie Floyd and um, David Sparks. They, they do this. They were promoting this conference, right? And... Um, the conference is all about automation, and was put together. Really, the lead of it was a gentleman called um, Sal Segoyan. And forgive me if I'm butchering his name; uh, I've never been able to pronounce it all that well. He's he's a legend in the Apple community. He worked for Apple for a couple decades as their automation sort of champion, right inside the company, and was sort of one of the the creators or forefathers of an application called Automator, which comes for free on all of your Macs. I highly recommend you open it up, fire up this application, and uh, give it a go. Greg, have you played with automation at all? You know, only uh,
1: IFTTT, you know, all right? I mean, that's the easiest way, right? Because I think it's still my issue, and maybe you could educate me now further, now that you went to this conference, is connectivity between services
0: right right so IFTTT is sort of like a second generation i would say if not more of this sort of progression right so i'm a, sort of going back in time here mm-hmm. in a way with this conference because they may you know when you're playing with the the core language well the really great scripting language built into the mac os for free is something called apple script right and um i took a full day course the first day of the conference for those who you know, paid for the workshop was a course on uh, AppleScript. And with that, in conjunction with, if you cho- if you choose to use Automator to make it a little easier, it's kind of a front-end app for all of this, you can do all kinds of whiz-bang, amazing stuff, whatever your imagination sort of wants with on your Mac itself with certain applications, all the built-in Apple applications, basically several external applications, things like the Adobe Suite, for instance. Uh, what you're talking about is web automation, right, with IFTTT, which is um, sort of a, another a progression to this whole thought. Obviously, things need to happen now with the web in terms of automation and with our mobile devices. Those have been sort of woefully lacking. As of recent, though, we've seen things like uh, applications called Workflow, which Apple purchased, now owns, which is on iOS, which is really a really cool app and then like you said things like zapier or IFTTT for web interplay with each other but not the greatest not the most powerful stuff yet Uh, but getting there getting there and i think things are going to only get better um, based on the sort of things that i've seen at this conference day one was a really amazing teacher this guy named ray robertson uh, he's a principal for Automated Workflows Incorporated. He's like a master AppleScript guy. He he did this uh, scripting bootcamp for several of us, and um, ran all kinds of amazing sort of examples and showed us what we could do with AppleScript. I was completely blown away. You know, he had a full automation stack where he was creating graphics on the fly with uh, uh, Illustrator and 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 all these other uh, type of applications, InDesign, things like that that you could workflow and have all saved to, you know, different various folders on your machine, have them named whatever, date stamped whatever, archived and separated in different folders, all through one little script that would do all of this magic for you. It was pretty amazing when you think of um, things like in terms of a big, let's say, design house that needs to do this kind of thing in the perhaps hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of images or something like that. And I'll let you, what you quickly realize is that a lot of these guys come in, they give, they write these Apple scripts for, for these, you know, top companies, and uh, they've just saved themselves a ton of money of what would in the past be sort of, you know, this manual, very manual, very labor intensive and expensive process. It's really cool. Now, I've wrote a couple basic Apple scripts after the conference because I'm on such a buzz with it right now. Um, nice. Where, like, for my development environment, I have to fire up some, like, GitHub, and then I have my uh, tower, which is front-end to GitHub. I have my IDE, which I use RubyMine and some other stuff. Um, so, and all these other things sort of. So I wrote the script for it, and I just double-click on the script, and all the stuff just kind of flies up, and my whole in- development environment now is is in my right right there ready to go or is this used to be sort of a time process of doing this figuring that getting this and that together so it's really cool in that terms i mean you know you could all think of it how it applies to you in your life and like i said uh, your imagination's kind of the limit at this point
1: yeah well, i had a question for you so, so do you see, you talked more from a, a developer standpoint which you are but like for the everyday person do you see these type of tools uh, imaginable
0: yeah, sure. Yeah. Especially if you're doing things like, you know, uh, if you still have some sort of local music sort of library or some sort of local photo type of situation or, or some backing up type of thing that you need to do, mm-hmm. or even for the small business owner, you know, if you're still doing this in any capacity locally on your computer, you should really look into, into automator and AppleScript and or some sort of automating Um, solution. You know, there are some really great applications out there for you to install. Things like Hazel is one, Keyboard Maestro. There are several of these things, LaunchBar, Alfred, that sort of give you a sort of nice front-end GUI to sort of start doing this automation type of stuff without you having to to fiddle with Apple Script in any kind of way or do any sort of coding. But I would say if you want to learn any type of coding or scripting in any way, Apple Script is a really nice, gentle, introductory Mm -hmm. way to do it. And for the small business owner who is someone who's proficient in Excel, for instance, you know, um, they could really play with this. I mean, just to open some windows and fiddle with your Excel files. There's all kinds of integrations, sounds. It does all you can do some verbal command stuff now with the dictation and things like that. And so yeah, that, you know, long answer to your question. Yeah, I think for the general uh, user, you could do this, but we obviously the transition is to move to mobile devices, right? And what Sal Segoyan sort of previewed through the Omni group, and these applications that they have called like Omni Outliner, Omni Graphle. Um, they have a they have a suite of amazing applications. And what they've created is this library where you can hook into via JavaScript, hook into this library that they have, and you'll be able to do this incredible sort of automation on your mobile devices now. I'm holding up an iPhone. I saw some amazing stuff that he did via this, which is has been undoable, if that's even a word, at this point, right? And this is the first step, the preview, I think of Foray, what we're seeing in Apple approved this, you know, letting the Omni group do this with their applications on, on iOS. So I think we're getting an, a really preview into what a lot of applications will be able to do in the future is uh, some really intense, very cool automation on, via apps you know, and via your mm-hmm. mobile devices, which is going to be it's, it's super exciting to see uh, how this is progressing in our lifetime.
1: I see. so what you're what you're saying really is is that for the everyday person, uh, mm-hmm. non-developer or whatever, th- they could get a little bit creative with this and actually, take some manual operations that maybe they're doing on their mobile mm-hmm. and actually automating it into the cloud or doing something like that, right? Well,
0: like you said, for the mobile part, like you said, right now, they're pretty much stuck with, like you said, IFTTT, Zapier, and yeah. uh, something like Workflow, right? If they right. have that particular application. It's not. We're still in this weird transitionary period where we're still working with these desktop machines, but we're also increasingly dependent on these um, mobile devices which are very dependent on cloud, right? Yeah. And uh, network connection and not really local storage all that much. So we're in these two different paradigms, but we're right in between right now and we're kind of tilting over a lot more in terms of um, automation and productivity uh, in the mobile device. We're just baby steps into that right now, whereas it's very mature on the desktop level and computer level, the, the uh, workflow sort of technology at this point.
1: Yeah, no, I no, I totally agree with you. So maybe what I, what social Greg needs to do here is go on the.
0: Uh... AppleScript diet for a little bit. And, uh,
1: <laughs> learn some things.
0: Huh? It's, it's definitely worth playing around with, I, I in my opinion. I'm having a lot of fun with it. But uh, there were some, what was so great about this Command D conference is also it felt like an old sort of Mac user group meeting. I don't know if you've ever been to any of these like nice. little sort of nerd meetings, you know, although they called it a conference, it was a very intimate affair. And what was nuts about it were the people you had access to. There was, like I said, Ray Robertson, Sal Segoyan himself is worth Worth the price of admission, in my opinion. He's like a legend in in the in the technology world. There was uh, Allison Sheridan, who you know is a from PodFeed Podcasts, and then uh, David Sparks was there as well from uh, Mac Power Users, uh, and uh, John Welch, who was a uh, System Seven Pro and uh, Shell, DOS Batch OS Two Batch VBA. You know all this guy admin, uh, Shelley Brisbane, who's the author of like fifteen books on. Uh, a slew of stuff and has a long history in tech media. Jason Snell, who's a lead editor at Macworld for a decade, he was in and now he uh, writes at Six Colors and has hosted um, well, MacBreak Weekly for, with Leo Laporte and doesn't work with him. John Pugh is there, who's one of the creators of AppleScript, which was, in, it was a, such an honor to meet him. And Brett Terpstra uh, took the place of Andy Anako. And Brett Terpstra, Terpstra is known for making this famous application called Marked for all you people that use Markdown out there, right? Uh, primarily writers and stuff. It's kind of an elegant, quick way of not having to write HTML and do really quick formatting with this sort of really basic sort of a syntax, if you will. Much, much easier than HTML, if you can even imagine that. I'm an HTML guy, so it's hard for me to wrap my head around even using it, but... Brett's an awesome dude, so you should all try it out. But you had access to all these people. That was like one of the things I couldn't imagine, wow. I couldn't believe was like it's such an intimate affair that you're all like in close proximity all the time that you can just talk to all these guys. They're just like hanging out, right? You have I mean, access how, to them. Whereas at the big has, conference that we go to, you know, that's typically not the case. Yeah. How long has this conference been around? This is the first one. This oh, is the first
1: one. I guess they're filling a gap, which Macworld always used to bring
0: us Macies exactly. together, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great observation. Yeah. So that's exactly it. After I talked to Sal about, you know, I was just on such a high, because I haven't been such a cool conference in so long, that he's like, yeah, I think I've been out of the game for a while, because, you know, he, he left Apple. They kind of had a mutual separation there, parting of ways. And he was in the basically in the caves hiding out for a while. And then he came out working with the Omni Group, right? And came out with this, incre- this crazy, amazing platform that they're releasing for automation on iOS, which is incredible. And then he puts together this this automation conference. You know, everyone was salivating, chomping at the bit to get in and everyone was on a total high to, to be there. I mean, the people, the attendees there were pretty remarkable themselves. I met the, the creator of Hazel, um, well, so like I said, Brett Terpstra was there. And he's the creator of all these amazing Markdown apps and other scripts and things. Uh, I met a creator of uh, Keynote was there as well. And uh, several other really serious developers from all over the world were pretty much there and all over the country. I mean, this was a deep level of talent there. So y- you could feel something was was really getting started. And I'm sure they're going to do it again because it was smashing success. And Paul Kent, who is the creator of Macworld, oh, was there. He helped with this was there. whole thing. Wow. It was really him too. And um, yeah, so he was, it was fantastic.
1: Yeah. I met Paul Kent uh, when I was doing SF New Tech where they were doing this kind of startup area in Mm -hmm. Macworld, I think my last, almost last year, if I remember, of Macworld. And uh, yeah, he was a great guy. I mean, I think, you know, he was sad to part ways with with Macworld because he really in the conference. And uh, I don't know if he said anything about that, but I mean, I think that I'm glad he's kind of back in you know, promoting uh, Mac. Yeah, yeah. Mac no, World I think Burnham. that's more like ancient
0: history that we look back on fondness with those things. But I mean, I, I can <laughs> see why Macworld sort of went the way it did, you know what I mean? It was kind of a natural sort of progression. And this thing that's being born, if you will, yeah. is, is a really cool thing. And it, I think it's just going to get cooler and cooler.
1: There's a lot of things where I'm looking at at least the way I even learn now online where I, I pick up a YouTube video and pick up mm-hmm. bits and pieces of someone's post, kind of like what we're doing here, mm-hmm. right? Where you know, I'll pick up a bit and piece and kind of store that away in, my, mm-hmm. in my, my, my bank. Explain, like, you know, these user groups, which is really kind of old school, I, I think, mm-hmm. the feel of that for people probably who… who do most of their learning and 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 picking up on YouTube. What's the feel of this, and you know why you thought it was kind of important?
0: I think uh, w- what I my observation really was, you know, for me it was some sort of calling. I don't know what it was. I, I saw this thing and I felt like I, well, for whatever reason, I saw the group of people, and uh, which is funny because these, these are not like twenty something millennial startups kids these are like old school season for the beginning apple type folk i've always really looked up to people of age because they have so much wisdom right and to leverage that wisdom for yourself can really propel you in life it was it was really cool there was a level of maturity there and genuine excitement about they knew what was coming which was so the irony of it all is like you felt the excitement sort of like the early mac of what can be done on the on the in the mobile and in the cloud in terms of workflow, right? So I mean that's what was really exciting about it is that to see how the early stages we are in this we're at the very beginning, man, of all the cool the cool automation stuff that that we want to do. I mean think about our process now, right? Let's say for the podcast, for instance, sure, right? Sure. Um, we have to record this. And then perhaps we download the video. Maybe not. Maybe it goes automatically to YouTube. But there also needs to be, right, some uh, social stuff that needs to go out. So we need a certain particular message that needs to go out for Facebook versus Twitter could be optimized differently, right, versus whatever else, you know. And then there's an audio version of this this podcast which needs to be extracted from the video, perhaps uploaded to SoundCloud or whatever your your particular thing is, right. And then we need to add metadata on all of those things to some extent, right? Descriptions, whatever, whatever, if you have advertising type of stuff. So you see where I'm getting at, right? And a lot of this is done in browser, right? And a lot of it sort of ends up in some sort of cloud form of some sort or consume. So right now it's kind of, Kludgy, we have these sort of weird hooks with if, right? So if we do a post in Facebook, it automatically goes out to Twitter, sort of, right? But yeah. it's not exactly optimized. I mean, we could optimize it better for Facebook only versus Twitter, right? Instead of the same message going out. Wouldn't it be cool if you could just do all that, right, in a more sort of elegant type of way? I'm, I'm sure there are some some solutions out there to do something serious, but I'm just giving sort of a rough example of how, uh, how in our scenario this works, right? You can think of it in terms of your scenario. Your, your business or whatever your particular thing is, your family or, or whatever it may be, that's where it sort of breaks down in the cloud or the web, if you will, right? Locally, you can do a lot of this powerful stuff on these desktop machines, like I'm saying, but. There's a lot of opportunity in the cloud for for workflow and automation and, and apps talking to each other much more elegantly and, and devices, right? Leveraging that and moving things around on your device or, or the cloud view in different folders, whatever your particular storage solution is, whether it be Dropbox or or whatever, you know, Evernote or whatever. Um, it should be, uh, that should be a moot point.
1: Mm. So like with the with with this automation I guess there's there's the AI part of it as well right where mm-hmm. where you could actually maybe even automate some creative processes in this right
0: Yeah totally that would be I could see that as some sort of hook yeah to perhaps could optimize whatever you may be doing whether you know I don't know whatever improving your process itself or pr- pr- improving whatever bit of the process it is in your in your workflow in your funnel or whatever. Right.
1: Wow, that's great! I know I'm glad you went. I, I saw some of your posts and I said,
0: "Wow, that's kind of interesting." You know. Yeah, so more to come, you- guys. I'll have a big breakdown on this whole thing um, pretty soon. That's a great
1: segue to what I kind of want to talk about. Um, cool. I saw an article from uh, Gene twinge from uh, Atl- the Atlantic. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they have some really cool, cool stuff. And I think this has been talked about for, especially about you, but I kind of wanted to focus on this uh, because you're really into technology and you've really brought up a child in technology here, right? right. So the article's story is How Smartphones Destroyed a Generation. Mm-hmm. And, and it discusses really the change that the iPhone and apps have
0: have changed, even parenting. I love this topic. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I know you could talk all day about this. And I wanted to ask you about um, that. You know, we come from this kind of desktop starting uh, generation to now mobile, right, which mm-hmm. we've adapted fairly well, I feel. But you know, what about kids who now just know the mobile stuff don't really go to the desktop? I mean, you know, let's start yeah. talking about
0: that. You know, yeah, and, and well, how I that think it's your your cool. Yeah, you where know? I, we're, I think we're lucky in a sense, uh, Generation X and and perhaps a little bit of Generation Y or whatever, is that we lived in a time before the internet itself, right? True. So, True. I mean, granted, we had these computers, these old school, whatever, Ataris and Apple Quadras and these old machines, but the internet connection was terrible. And then there was a time we didn't even have internet, right? So we have to do just cassettes or floppies or, yeah, <laughs> floppy disks and stuff like that, so... There was, I mean, there was, we were born with patience, right? Oh, um, totally, totally. Whereas they have immediate, it's not only the screen itself, it seems, but like the the effectiveness of the content or the game or, or whatever is coming via the the cloud, especially in the interaction too with other people, uh, the, immediate, the immediacy, the endorphin high. That's a tremendous challenge in terms of uh, self-discipline, right? It, to pull yourself away from that. And there's some question if, if they're, should should there even be self discipline, or should or should they just be consuming all the time because this is going to be the future and they need to be sort of more native or or adaptable to that? And and we're fighting, you know, we're Don Quixote in essence, right? Fighting the windmill in this whole scenario. I don't know. I'm kind of of the camp too, where I see kids. It looks like I, I can see addiction happening very quickly because sociologists, who most of these. Companies higher now let's face it for conversions and etc and marketers too are so effective now in terms of keeping your kid or yourself to transition to convert in some sort of way that it is extremely challenging to pull yourself away from these type of things and it's sort of the exception not really the rule right and, well, and so it's you got yeah. you got all that stacked against you
1: Well, I wanted to ask you is one thing they brought up in the article, which really gave me a lot of contemplation to think about is um, socialization. Mm -hmm. And uh, what they talked about in the article is a lot of these kids who um, stay onto the iPad or mobile devices, um, Mm -hmm. the idea of actually hanging out with your friends in person Mm -hmm. in real life, IRL, right, as -hmm. opposed to hanging out with them virtually Mm -hmm. is causing maybe some issues, uh, maybe like depression. I think I've heard stories about mm-hmm. depression, you know, suicide, obviously, teen sure. suicide is a, is a really high rate thing. And, you know, that's an interesting thing. I, I, and I started to contemplate, like, what forces things to come together? And I, the only thing or people to come together, especially teens, the only thing I could think of is sports, mm. mm-hmm. right? That requires, you know, someone getting together, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you need a team to play baseball, you need a team to play football, soccer, that stuff. But, you know, other things... <laughs> you really need that right yeah, so always, yeah. yeah i i mean you know there's no, you know film but, but it's
0: it's biological is the thing if you if you allow mm-hmm. me here it's like uh yeah, ahead, you know yeah. just like the the ape who is shunned from his you know pack or tribe or whatever you call it you know, group um they die you know we need to we have to have uh, humanoids, whatever you want to call us humans. <laughs> we have to have human interaction, otherwise we die. We simply do. Mm, That's sure. you know, what happens by on a biological level when we're often alone. We only last so long, and, uh, and then we just go crazy and we die, right? Not only being together in real life, what I've noticed is the quality of being together in real life. I've seen kids uh, mm. hanging out together, and they're all staring at the screen, right? Just looking down, staring at the screen, sort of interacting, but being... Um, you know, doing it via the screen, even though you're sitting right next to me. Right. Um, so, so it's, it's an odd situation there as well. And when you, you bring up the example of sports, really, it's just anything that doesn't require a screen and we're together, right? Sure. Sports is one definite sort of reason, but, any uh, Yeah, what are the other reasons to get together, right, besides maybe a barbecue or something like that, if you're lucky enough to live in well, a yeah, I mean, family event, you know, I mean. Yeah, but nowadays, like better. a lot of people in major metropolitan cities don't even know their neighbors, you know I mean? They don't know who lives yeah. upstairs from them, they don't know downstairs from them, and a lot of people, it's it's a weird time. Well, you lived
1: in the city. Now you moved to the suburbs. Now you could see probably that shift of urban versus suburban life, right? Yeah. And um, I mean, and you in the area I live, I've been over your house. You know, seems you know, know, it's like a cul-de-sac, so it it seems a little bit tighter, right? Yeah. Um, as well as probably you know the community itself around the school that your daughter goes to. Um, you know, I, I think if you look at the you know, maybe we could now step into like the differences in parenting it was without mobile mobile screens, you know. Mm. Talked to me the other day just about saying that, oh yeah, well, you know, since grandma can't drive, mm-hmm. you know, we have to over a lift or Uber, right? You're right, right. That's changed, right? Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, before that if the option wasn't there, yeah, you'd right. have the taxi or you go, you know, get your daughter and grandma together, right? Yeah. Um, or do on the phone or something
0: like that yeah right? yeah i
1: it's mean fun. that's changed parenting hasn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah but like you said i mean it's a taxi right i mean yeah it's an over glorified taxi but yeah I, I mean when i was a kid for those of you who don't know my mom does not drive uh and so i grew up taking taxis sometimes by myself too like as a little kid my mom would give me taxi money for oh, school bus or something like that you yeah, know it's crazy you know oh cases that's cases interesting
1: i didn't stuff. know that
0: oh. but um but yeah, yeah yeah you're right you're right and i one of the, you know there's a fascinating study too in terms of living in cul-de-sac uh that the quality of life in terms of like suicide and things like that is like greatly reduced when you live in a cul-de-sac because you're more likely to like know your neighbors and there's this quantifiable Uh, type of relation between the two. Although they've also found in cities, tightly knit cities, some of them where that type of bond happens in things like disasters or emergencies. Like I guess there was no um, sort of, I hate to say it, but like a better time to feel like you see this togetherness and during times of like 9-11 or Katrina, right? Or these neighbors... Came together and bonded in a way like they never have before, right? And then when that type of togetherness or that feeling or that need for each other sort of wanes, then you see this sort of connection between your happiness too, as well, right? Your connection with others. It's yeah, just so a yeah. fascinating research.
1: Here, I still live in the city, so I'm I'm urban, right? I take the bus everywhere I go. It's urban everywhere. Far. What I think about when I'm on the bus, even you know, the people are just looking down on the screens and um, "Good morning" or something like that. Yeah. Um, of that it, it, that's really fascinating right because now we have the ability to okay we don't
0: have to deal with you yeah <laughs> mister I don't want to sit next to you Yeah, I was in the elevator the other day and there was this young lady uh, staring at her phone and there was another guy who wasn't and I get in and I I noticed there's like one floor that's pressed and I'm going to the lobby, right? So I press the lobby and then we go to the floor down, whatever, and the one guy gets out. And then I realized then we get to the lobby, the young lady who was looking at her phone had never pressed the button. As so I look at her and I'm like, hey, are you, you never press the button, just FYI. She's like, oh, thanks. You know, the, you know, the distraction world too, you know? Uh, segway. Segway. Yeah. Uh, it's, it doesn't take me up the hills that I want it to. I'm like a, I'm like 180 pounds, you know, roughly, 175. And oh, then when I have uh, like a backpack, though, too, you know, uh, it does get me on flats pretty good. It's not quite fast enough. It doesn't – 10 miles per hour, it's, it's correcting me, which I don't like. But increasingly, I'm seeing a lot more people in San Francisco, downtown San Francisco, riding these things. Right, right, so, right, I mean, that's cool for getting around flat areas. Uh, I take, I tend to go hill areas, so it's not really practical in that regards for me. But I think for the general consumer in, in, in this major city, this would be fine for them on sidewalks. Certainly is not acceptable to be on streets because it's just not fast enough. Oh, man. Well, I got, I got
1: to, we definitely got some, get some film on this and a review on this. So, what's know. been
0: up with you, man? How's all the camera work and, and all the social world going?
1: good um you know i've been trying to figure out pieces to put together um i still need to do the um the piece on uh, what's in our backpack for interviewing you know because mm, you know mm-hmm. we do the drone challenge and it was interesting of how to pack my bag for lightness and portability mm. and so i'd like to probably do a piece on that um uh, you know just constantly trying to do uh, do other types of films there's this uh small studio in Berkeley that I'm, I'm attached to now that, uh, you know, I'm doing some producing called the, the She Studio, mm. and it's a women's empowerment network that they're trying to start up right now. Awesome. Um, also, are. oh, another thing, I, you know, I'll, I'll try to do a post on this. We just, I just helped launch a uh, uh, tech story-based app called Pochi, which is wow. based in- And uh, that's a really... You know, there, there's other bigger, bigger services out there. Um, you know, uh, Hooked is is one, which is a text-based story. Basically, you just tap your phone, and and the, and the lines of the story appear as like if it was a conversation between two characters. Cool. And uh, that's a that's a that's a service I, I helped launch in the United States just recently. But wow. uh, our twist is going to be is that we're going to actually pay writers. Uh, wow. Eventually, of the subscription fee. So, you know, the the founders will take less, but. Give back to the people who are creating content, mm-hmm. and I thought I thought that 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 was a hook hooked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we we gain a lot of content from people, but you know, how do they eventually get paid in this digital world, mm-hmm. right? And so that was one thing that I thought was a, a necessary thing. that will be coming out in a up, in a future update, but it's in beta right now. And um, you know, I'd love you guys kind of try it out. Um, we're looking for writers, we're looking for people, but you know, in the future, you will as a writer, you have the ability to get paid and get Mm -hmm. a cut of the subscription fee that you bring in um, with the service. So that's that's another thing that I've kind of been into recently. So very
0: cool. Yeah. So I've got a, I've got an interview coming up here, you guys, uh, just to let you know, with um, the author of The Gig Economy, her name uh, escapes me right now, but uh, that'll be coming up uh, like next week, I believe, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, also, uh, Dreamforce, we have a uh, Dreamforce coming to San Francisco, that's going to be another big event for Greg and myself, let's see when that is, that is November 6th through 9th in lovely San Francisco, that's the big Salesforce conference, talk about everything going to the cloud, right? Uh, and automation, there's a lot of opportunity there as well. I'll be very interested to on the lookout for that. Yeah. So check it out, you guys, at uh, salesforce.com forward slash dreamforce. That is November 6th through 9th in lovely San Francisco.
1: All right, Greg, any, right. any
0: final thoughts?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, you know, if you guys like this, you know, subscribe to our channel and uh, hit the like button below, please. You know, uh, that's how we get some feedback on. You know, are we talking about relevant stuff, or uh, is uh, Social grade just babbling on as he usually
0: does? (laughs) Yeah, everyone, remember subscribe. Yeah, do the whole thing on YouTube here. If you're listening, give it yeah the five stars or the likes or whatever on your particular platform. Uh, Well, however you're listening to it. And we thank you very much for your time. Again, uh, I am at A Ferrand on Twitter, at Nerdstalker on Twitter, Adolfo at Nerdstalker.com if you want to email me. And Greg, how do we get a hold of you?
1: Um, I'm at SocialGreg uh, on Twitter. uh, And if you want to get a hold of me directly, uh, SocialGreg at Nerdstalker.com. I'm glad to interact with you. In fact, it's funny. I do get these emails asking of advice on certain things, and I'm, I'm happy to give it because it's all about community to us. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for watching and listening. All right. Be careful out there.